Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 35 of the World of Sports podcast. I am your host, Diego Sandoval, joined, as always, by my co-host, Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Uh, just me and Logan today, uh, looking to get guests, more guests, you know, soon. It, it's it's very fun with guests. It's just we, you know, didn't quite find anybody for this week. So it's just us. Sorry if you don't like us, but, you know, <laughs> this is what you get. Uh, we've got a good episode. We've got a lot of news from around the leagues. Um, yesterday was MLB opening day. We are recording this on Friday, April 2nd. Um, so yeah, opening day was yesterday. Got a couple things to talk about there. Um, and then we're going to talk about our NBA, the NBA playoff picture as of today. So kind of updating you all on where the teams stand and yeah, just like giving our take on the teams and how, how do you think they look, how we think they look going forward. As always, you can uh, follow this podcast on all of our social medias, TikTok, Instagram. Um, don't really use Twitter, but it's a thing. Um, posting good content there, extra content that you don't even see on the podcast. So uh, go check it out. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Episode number 35. Starting in the NFL. Again, this is all we're going to talk about for the NFL is this news. We're leading up. We're getting close to the draft. So we're going to talk about the draft there. Might get another NFL guy on for that one. Um just because, you know, to get to get a bit more variety in what we're talking about. Um, but the pieces of news from the NFL this uh, week, a 17-game season for the NFL has been approved this year. It's kind of a, a highly debated topic in the NFL right now. The players really don't like it because, I mean, it's just another week to get injured, another week to get more tired before the playoffs. And a lot of players are actually mad about it because – Players basically get, I don't know if you know this, Logan, but they get game checks. So you get a check every week. And players who sign their contract, you know, every contract, I guess, except for the ones that have been signed in the past however many days, but I don't think there have been any big ones that have been signed. Their game checks just got reduced by, you know, a fraction because they have to add another game and they're not getting more money because they're playing more games. So that's the main thing the players are mad about. I think the reason the league's doing it is because they lost a lot of money last year and they need to get it back. I mean, <clears throat> from a fan's perspective, uh, it's good. You know, you obviously you love to watch more football, but there you could see the position where the where the players get pretty mad about this. Yeah, I get the league's stance on this where it's just another game to make money, but it, it just seems like kind of a slap in the face to all the players out there. Like, I mean, I think if they, they had like a players association that voted on this, it probably wouldn't have gone through. So it's kind of just saying like, we're doing this anyway. I don't care what you, you think. Um, and yeah, if they're getting paid less because if they like miss a game or two and they don't get that players checked and that's just unfair to them. Like, I don't know. It's been 16 games for a long time. And I get that changes are usually good for sports because they're going in that direction, but I don't know, especially in a season where, COVID is still very much a thing. I mean, I don't know if, if a team has to make up another week or something, then this is just harder to do that. So I'm not sure why this year they needed to do it. I get the money part of things, but I don't know. Just seems yeah. weird. I, I I don't like it. I hope it's just for this year. I feel like 16 is, was always such a solid, like 
That's what the, that's how the NFL's always been. So it's like, why why stray away from that? And you know, football obviously is a very taxing sport. And adding one week another game is like the equivalent to adding, you know, ten maybe twenty games in the MLB, and then adding five or ten to the NBA. So I mean, it's not like it's just like oh, it's just one game. Like there's a reason why there's only sixteen weeks in an NFL season. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it'll stay around, stick around. I hope it doesn't. I think 16 was always such a solid number, but who knows? We'll see. Um, also in the NFL, Roger Goodell, man who, uh, was in charge of the 17 game season. Um, he expects full stadiums in 2021. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, right now it's trending in the right direction for fall for everything to kind of get back to normal. Um, but I mean, obviously that'd be great. And hopefully it would make him realize, Oh wait, we don't need a 17 game season if we have fans. So good news. Um, we already have fans at the MLB. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but that was great to see. And the NBA has slowly been phasing in fans this season. Uh and then a couple of extension news in the NFL. Tyler Lockett signed a four-year, $69 million extension with the Seahawks. Uh, very underrated receiver. I think he's a great number two next to DK Metcalf. And the Raiders extended their offensive tackle Colton Miller to a three-year, $43 million deal. The Raiders really revamped their offensive line this year, and I think keeping around Colton Miller was a good idea. So I think it's a good signing for the Raiders. And the last piece of news from the NFL is that Tom Brady is doing well after a minor knee surgery. It was nothing surprising. Uh, I think he knew he was going to get the surgery in the offseason by like week 16 or something. It was just always in the works. It just wasn't bad enough for him not to play. Obviously, he went out and won a Super Bowl. But, I mean, getting knee surgery, it's part of turning 60 years old. Congratulations, Tom Brady. (laughs) But, um, yeah, he's doing well. Uh, In the NBA, we're going to talk about these two moves later when we talk about the NBA playoff picture, but just to mention them because we didn't last week because it was an MLB special episode. The Lakers signed Andre Drummond. The Nets signed LaMarcus Aldridge. My opinion um, is that the buyout market is corrupt. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. It's just, it's it's helping form super teams, basically, is what it's doing. Like, you shouldn't be able to go get a guy who has all-star potential. Like, both these guys didn't make the all-star game, and they we'll see if they – end. I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge does for the rest of his career. Andre German might, depending on, you know, who he goes out and plays for next year. But you're letting teams go out and get all-star caliber players or once all-star caliber players for nothing. Yeah. And they're already making the money anyway, so it's like, yeah, sure, I'll sign a minimum contract if I have – a way higher chance of getting a ring. Like, why wouldn't I do that? So yeah, especially since I just you know earned all the money from my contract yeah. from the other team that I you're just getting was it on. anyway. So it's like, yeah, there's no downside to it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's the whole rich get richer, and I, I don't see a point in it. Like, if you want, if you really want a guy, you shouldn't be able to just like wait and be like, oh, I'm just gonna get him when he's available for nothing. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people feel that way, um, besides maybe some delusional Nets and Lakers fans. <laughs> yeah, but I think ju- anybody who's not on, 
who's not a fan of a super, the super team at the time is yeah. going to be mad, which is the problem. And like, don't get me wrong. If you don't know, listening, I'm a Lakers fan and I'm glad we got Drummond, but I just, I don't know. It, it just feels kind of wrong to get him in that way almost. Yeah. And I'm a Cavs fan. So I'm on the other side <laughs> where we lost Drummond by sitting him for two months and then having to buy him out. And the reason we didn't get anything back is because people are like, ah, I mean, just buy him out and we'll take our chances there. We don't want to give yeah. up anything. And it's just like, I don't know. That, that, that seems shouldn't just be like a cop out. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he's worth a second round pick to at least a couple oh, teams. For sure. So it, it's just a weird situation. I'm not sure what the best way of figuring it out would be, but I don't know. They're smart yeah. at the NBA, so they can figure something out to stop it. Yeah, Adam Silver's a good commissioner. So, I mean, if this ends up being a legitimate problem, right now it doesn't seem like the league is very worried about it, but it's like seems like fans are. So we'll see how that yeah. plays out. But what we do have is breaking news on the podcast, and that is former Boston Celtics uh, all-star Isaiah Thomas has signed nice. with the New Orleans Pelicans 10-day contract. Good for him. Isaiah Thomas is a guy you have to root for. Yeah. He's just, he's got a good story. Uh, He had his just great season or two, whatever it was with the Celtics. And then he kind of, you know, was bouncing from team to team. He was with the Cavs. He was with the Lakers, but nothing really came of it. So nice to see a team's taking a, taking a chance on him. I mean. Yeah. And the last time he played in the NBA, I think it was, uh, the Wizards and um, he played solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously defensively he's five foot nine, so he's not going to be great there. But a lot of teams can use a point guard who can play, make, can score. He can definitely still do that. So I'm glad he's getting a chance. Yeah. And uh, speaking of ten day contracts, the Clippers signed Demarcus Cousins to a ten day. <laughs> Guy's kind of been a, a free agent for almost a month now. I want to see maybe a little bit more. And you know, a guy like Demarcus Cousins, everyone kind of assumes, oh, you're going to sign him, sign him for this, the rest of the season, but he's just got a ten day. So, I mean, we'll see what the Clippers plan to do with him. Yeah, they got they ever, three centers now. Yeah, and I mean, he looked when there was a couple games when Christian Wood was out for the Rockets, where Demarcus Cousins looked like he still had it. So, yeah. and I mean. We know how dominant he's been in his career. Obviously, that was before the Achilles and the ACL injury. So, you know, obviously take that with a grain of grain of salt, sand, whatever you want to take it a grain of. But, I mean, I think it's a good, again, like Isaiah Thomas, why not take a chance on him? Yeah. It's also funny because he's now been with Rondo on like four different teams. Those <laughs> two just can't get away from each other. He's also, yeah, been, I... he's also been on every California team. So, oh, I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um I I think it's a good signing just because it's more depth. I mean, it's a guy who could be your 11th man, but also if somebody gets injured, he's a very solid at least backup. I like Zubach. I think he's pretty Yeah. I mean, no, nobody really talks about what he does because he's just there basically, but he does <laughs> his job very well on the Clippers. And uh I think Boogie could do that too. Um I don't I, I don't expect them to like swap him out. Uh, but yeah, I think as an injury replacement at the very least, he's a solid player. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last signing from the NBA was that the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks have signed Jeff Teague 
veteran point guard. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> former All Star Jeff Teague. Former All Star, <laughs> yeah, but you know, not in a long time. No. So, I mean, new situation. I, who knows? Yeah, you you don't you never know, but he really hasn't done much recently. Yeah, he was... He was not good on the Celtics at all. And if we're being honest, that that doesn't put the Bucks over the over the Nets, in my opinion. So, you know, sure. Um, <laughs> in injury news in the NBA, this is it's the year of the injuries, and it sucks. Um, no matter who you're a fan of, you you hate injuries. Um, but we just talked about Andre Drummond. He is now will most likely miss one to two games with a toe injury um, to get a bit graphic. I guess he lost the <laughs> toenail in his first ever game with the Lakers. He played, I think he played like 14 minutes. He didn't have the best debut, but he was hobbling around a little bit for the last couple of minutes. So, I mean, get well soon, Andre, because <laughs> the Lakers definitely need him right now. Um, yeah. And we're going to talk about the Lakers in a bit, so not going to get too into this. But uh, also an injury, John Collins is out at least a week with an ankle sprain and a bone bruise in his ankle, so double whammy there. And the Hawks have looked good. I mean, we're going to talk about them later again. These are just kind of like teases for later in the episode, so you stick around. But, yeah, that he's obviously one of their top two or three options. Um so that, that, that's a bit of a hit, but it looks like it's just going to be a week, at least a week. So we'll see. Joel Embiid uh, returns tomorrow, <laughs> April 3rd. Um, he had a knee injury that held him out for three weeks. Um, so we're getting another superstar back, an MVP candidate back in the NBA. Great to see. Should be interesting. Um, I'll ask you this. Do you think even while missing three weeks, he's he's the MVP front runner? Um. Right now, I don't think so. But do you but think he can get there? I think he even definitely can. Missed? Okay. If he keeps putting up insane numbers. But also the thing was, was like the Sixers played really well without him. Yeah. So he was getting a lot of credit for carrying that team. But now we kind of see, I mean, yes, he was, he definitely helps the team a lot, but they're a really good team even without him. So maybe that credit goes away a little bit. Obviously mm-hmm. he's putting up insane numbers. And if he's still one of the best teams in the league, then I mean, give him all the credit he deserves, but there's guys like James Harden and Jokic who are right there with him. I think LeBron's kind of fallen off. I don't really see yeah. how he could get back in, um, but it's, it's a really close race. So there's not a very, very clear front runner right now. And I like it. It is. And, and we've kind of had a clear front runner for the last couple of years with Giannis. And, you know, even before that, I guess you could say Harden maybe was always the front runner, but he may not have necessarily deserved it in 2018 I know you feel strongly about that one but then like everyone kind of knew Westbrook was going to win it with his averaging a triple double so it's nice to have an actual you know race yeah so that's always good for the NBA um Kyle Lowry is out seven to ten days with a foot infection kind of gross um (laughs) I I, okay I mean (laughs) I don't really know what else to say about it kind of Shocked, maybe not shocked, uh, that he didn't get traded. It seemed like they were probably yeah. just asking for too much. I mean, they asked for, I know, at least from the Lakers' perspective, they asked for Schroeder, KCP, and Taylor Horton Tucker. That's a lot. Which I, 
I don't even I, I I really like Schroeder and I think he he wants to be a Laker. So I, I don't know if I'd give that all that up for half a season of Kyle Lowry. Yeah, so, I don't I don't know how the contracts really worked out, but honestly, I would have given uh Kyle Lowry up for like Taylor Horn Tucker and then a salary match or something. Right. Because I think I think Casey I think KCP was the salary match. Yeah, but if you're asking for Schroeder too, like first of all, you don't need another guard really that much. Like if you have Taylor Horton Tucker as your backup anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. It I get Kyle Lowry's like probably the greatest raptor of all time just because he's been there for so long, won a championship, has done all the things. All the fans love him there. So I, mm-hmm. I understand that they want to keep him. I understand he wants to be there too, but I don't know. At, at a certain point, it is a business. So, yeah. And if you look at the Lakers situation, like obviously they're built to win now, but also they're also setting themselves up well for the future. AD's young. Dennis Schroeder's 27 and Kyle Lowry's 35. So that doesn't fit really, even if, if Kyle Lowry were to come back. Taylor Horton Tucker is like 20 years old. So <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I would have been upset if we gave up all that for Lowry. I think the other team that was in it was the Heat. Um, and they weren't willing to give up Robinson and Hero. Uh, but, I mean, we talked about this in last week. So that's just our, our little spiel. Um, Kevin Love returned. Uh, you just added this in this week. Uh, yeah. Looks like he played decently well for a guy that's missed a lot of time this year. Yeah, I, I was watching the game. It's not big news because <laughs> not a lot of people are watching the Cavs play right now. But it's exciting because he's our max player who has played four games this year. Obviously, it's not a contract you really want, but I just want to see him back on the court. If we're paying him a lot, I like Kevin Love. Um, obviously, doesn't fit the timetable, but it's good to see him back at least. What's his deal? Two more years after this or one? Two more years, I think $60 million. It's, Wow. It's not great. And nobody's willing to pick that up, I think. Maybe maybe at the end of the trade deadline next year, at the yeah. very earliest, the year after that, maybe. I don't know. He's we'll so injury prone. Yeah. Um, and then last piece of news from the NBA, Dennis Schroeder. We just talked about him. He turned down a four-year, $84 million contract. Um, but I think I saw a report that says he's still interested in returning to the Lakers. He just kind of wants to see what free agency is all about. So we've seen a lot of players do that where they just kind of they don't sign in the middle of the season just because they want to kind of see and they just come back. So I don't know. I, I think the smart move for him and the Lakers is to, is to them to figure something out. Um, I think Schroeder and AD as kind of the guard forward of the future being that LeBron will probably be here. Who knows? Three seasons ish. We'll see. You never really know Four, maybe, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's the NBA news in the MLB. The MLB is back. Yes. And with the MLB being back, we have injuries. George Springer, uh, the big signing for the Blue Jays this offseason, has, has a left oblique strain and start has started the season on the IL injured list, if you are not aware. G-Man Choi, the people's champ of the Tampa Bay Rays. Everybody loves G-Man. He is out until May. He just had knee surgery. Um, and, you know, with the MLB season coming back, here comes the COVID as well. The Washington Nationals uh, have three positive tests. They are unsure when they will play next. However, we do know that this weekend series 
<clears throat> opening weekend series with the Mets has been postponed. So we won't see the Nationals or Mets in action until at least sometime next week. The Nationals may be a bit later. We'll see. Um, this sh- the, the, the whole COVID um, issues should get better as the season progresses, as you know, vaccine rollout goes on. But, hey, we're not scientists. We're just sports fans. So we're not going to talk too much about that. Um, contract extensions. It's kind of – MLB is interesting. It kind of happens in other sports where it's like if you're going to get a deal done, you're either getting it done before opening day or at, in free agency, basically. We saw that last year with Mookie Betts. He signed his massive deal two days before opening day. Um, Anthony Rizzo and Carlos Correa were two guys that were talking extension and both of them kind of stopped and they, they, they're both not very close to an extension. So those guys could hit free agency. Now a guy that's not going to hit free agency is Francisco Lindor. He got his 10 year, $341 million contract. That is the third largest contract by total value behind trout and bets. Um, Everyone's calling him petty because they think he asked for 1 million more than Tatis. <laughs> Fernando Tatis got 340. Um, and I was interested because I wanted to ask you this because uh, we have our Instagram, you know, stories. We do polls every once in a while. So go follow us over there um, to take part in those polls. But I asked um, about the Francisco Lindor signing, if it was a good signing or if it was just too much money. And I think it was like 90% of people said there was too much money. So you know his value much more than I do. I know he's he obviously has a great bat and a great uh, glove, but do you think he's worth 341 for the next 10 years? It's hard because like right now for the next five years, I would say no doubt like – right him that money but what he's 26 right now he's gonna be 36 that's not super old but it's definitely at least at the very very end of your prime at right. the best case scenario so i don't know big contracts like this are always super risky and mm-hmm. he's been a healthy player his whole career i'm not gonna say like he's probably gonna get injured or something like nobody would want that but it's just the fact that something like that could happen and then you're wasting 300 more million dollars, which is a ton right. of money. But also, I don't know. I get it from the Mets perspective because this is probably what he wanted and he would have gotten it somewhere else if he didn't get it here. So mm-hmm. players want that money. So you got to do it at some point. And the, if the Mets have the money to spend, I don't know. It's a ton of money, but you got to gamble if you want to win a lot and – Mm-hmm. you got to pay the players a lot. So it's, it's definitely like nobody actually knows if this was good right now, but I don't know. And then there's, there's the side of the argument or just the way that look at, to look at it. It's that every year players are going to start getting paid more and more money just because teams have more and more money. And that's just how leagues work. Every, it feels like every big signing is a new record breaker. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of it. But also, I feel like with this contract, I think you're getting five, maybe up to seven years of value in terms of what you're paying for him. I don't think he's going to play like a $34 million man 
in the in the last three years of this contract. Yeah, that I mean, I've, I've. That's why I feel like I don't understand why players are kind of shying away from the whole from like five to seven million dollar seven year contract range, because I feel like with those deals you can get more money per year, and it's less of kind of. I mean, I get it. The the players are kind of shoring themselves up for even when they're older. So it's more of a hit on the, on the team, but I I think it's a good guy to kind of give the money to, if you're going to give the money to anybody. Yeah. Um, So it, 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 it depends on definitely how you look at it, but I mean, the Mets locked up their guy and that's really all you can say. And like Lindor as a player, like we're just talking about the contract, but him as a player, he's at the very least like a top three or four shortstop in the Mm -hmm. league. Um, I watched him on the Indians for his his entire career so far. And I mean, he's been my favorite player that entire time. Basically he didn't lead us to a world series, but he played fine in it. So he's capable of doing that. And I mean, I don't, he, he's so valuable for also just like bringing in fans too, like everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. He's a Hispanic player, so like you draw all of those fans in too. I mean, he's got, he's like Mister Smile. Everybody, I don't, I don't know people who don't like Francisco. You can't. Lindor. I feel like you can't hate Francisco Lindor. Yeah, and he's he's gonna mm-hmm. sell tickets. The Mets are gonna be good, hopefully. And if you get this guy for ten years, that's gonna help your team a lot, no matter what. So, and that definitely sets a precedent being that this is kind of the year of the free agent shortstops. Uh, everyone kind of puts Lindor near the top, like you said. I, I don't th- I've never seen a list where he's not top three, top four. Um, and, I mean, the free the shortstops that are free agents, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Javi Baez, Corey Seager. I mean, those guys will probably get around that same range. Probably almost all $300 million players, I feel like, especially after what Lindor just signed for. Yeah, it's definitely what they're going to ask for now that they see this. Exactly. So it kind of wakes up the league to be like, okay, this is what we got to start doing. So we will see where the shortstops kind of end up uh, come come the end of this season, which is a long way away. Uh, so, yeah. That, that that's our that's our take on the Lindor. It's different based on how you look at it, but overall, you got to give credit to the Mets. They got their guy, and it was kind of a question mark as to whether they would or it would just be a rental. But they they got him. Okay, that kind of segues into MLB Opening Day. Happened yesterday. Um, fans in the stands, we love it. It looked, I mean, looked like normal normal baseball almost. So. Mm-hmm. Great to see that the Astros finally got their their heckling, their booing. Long time coming. They were able to kind of escape it last year. But Carlos Correa got hit by a pitch yesterday and the crowd <laughs> erupted in Oakland. Yeah. I Mo- I know it's petty that so many fans want this, but like we deserve it. We deserve like, it. They, they did not get what they deserved at all so far. So at least I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if they realize at this point, like what they're going to have to go through. Oh yeah. Yesterday was just the beginning because guess what? There's new fans at every game (laughs) and they're not going to stop booing. Yeah. Because it's like bottom line is you cheated a team out of a world series. You cheated a league out of a world series if we're being honest. So 
it's not just Dodger fans that are going to be upset just because that's the team they beat, but it's the whole league because it's, it's like you screwed us. August, first week of August, Astros come to LA. So that'll be, <laughs> that's going to be brutal. That'll be brutal. Um, and with MLB opening day comes postponements. We had a game postponed, like we said, the nationals because of COVID and the Orioles Red Sox game got rained out. That That's unfortunate, but they should be back in action today. Um, not the Nationals and Mets, the Red Sox and Orioles. But just a couple of standout performances from opening day. Just disclaimer, these could just mean absolutely nothing. It's opening day. There's 162 games, 161 games left. So, you know, it's one game. But my AL Cy Young prediction, <laughs> Tyler Glass now went out and through six scoreless, one hit, six Ks. Uh, we see this in, I think he threw like 75 pitches. Uh, a lot of pitchers don't throw a lot on opening day or the first series just because they're kind of building up and it's a long season. They're going to get 30-plus starts um, if they stay healthy. But a couple other guys who threw five to six scoreless innings, Sandy Alcantara, who threw against Glass now. So that was a good game. Rays Marlins. Uh, Rays won one zero. Zach Granke threw a good game against the A's. They uh, Astros took care of them. Matthew Boyd pitched well against the Indians. Um, some hitting performances. Paul Goldschmidt four for five, uh, and then some three hit performances. Whit Merrifield, Eric Hosmer, Teoscar Hernandez, and Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, dude. Yeah, he opening a, day. He hits a home run every single opening day. What is it? Five straight? I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's it's a weird stat, but it's it happens every year. Yeah, it, it's. I think I have it. I think he. I think it's five straight years where he's hit. Yeah, for oh third straight, but he's hit one in five. <laughs> he's hit okay, but that's insane. <laughs> but that's yeah. just like his thing. <laughs> um. Now bad performances. We had quite a few of those. Uh, in the pitching realm, Luis Castillo, Jack Flaherty, Hugh Darvish, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you could call all those guys the aces, except for maybe Kershaw. I feel like at this point, Kershaw just gets the opening day nod as kind of a ceremonial thing because he's I think he's had it for like eight years or whatever it is. Um, he was two for three at the plate, though. I saw <laughs> I a stat. I saw a stat. He hits 400 on opening day. He's he's insane. This is a Dodger fan ramble, but. One of the greatest opening days I ever witnessed um, on TV. Clayton Kershaw threw a nine-inning shutout, zero runs, and he struck out like 12 guys. Dodgers won 1-0, and they won on a Clayton Kershaw home run on the bottom <laughs> of the eighth. It was 0-0 the entire game. He had a home run, and they won 1-0. That's awesome. So, But he did struggle a lot yesterday um, in Coors Field. Yu Darvish struggled against the D-backs. Not a good sign for his first start with the, his new team. Castillo and Flaherty didn't look good either, allowing eight and six earned runs. On the offensive side, Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado went a combined one for 10 with four Ks. Um, LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, and Stanton, kind of the, the, the power in that Yankees lineup, went one for 18 uh, yesterday. Not good. The Cubs only had two hits against the Pirates. Um <laughs> Not good. The Marlins only had three hits against the Rays. And then Ozzie Albies and Freddie Freeman went 0 for 9. Um, 
but I did want to say Cabrian Hayes, your rookie of the year. Yeah, I saw that. He hit a home run. So uh-huh. off to a good start there. I don't think my rookie of the year prediction is in the big leagues yet. I don't think one. I don't know if Wander Franco made the lineup. Um, I don't know if Brent's prediction is going to be in the big leagues for the next for like three years. Three but. seasons. <laughs> Pick the guy that was drafted last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, just excited to have baseball back. Um, we're looking like it's going to be a normal season, 162 games. We're going to have COVID postponements, obviously. That's just the way it goes in today. But, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, I'm really excited. Finally, a, a full season, even though it's only been a year without it, it feels like a long time. And mm-hmm. now we can actually, like, see what players can do in a full season. Stats aren't inflated or anything. So right. I'm excited to just watch baseball again. Yeah. All right. That's our baseball talk for this uh, episode. Now we shift to basketball talk, the NBA. Um, NBA chugging along. I think we got like a month and a half maybe left in the regular season, something like that. Yeah. Um, April is the last full month of, of regular season basketball. So we figured it was fitting to talk about the NBA playoff picture as of right now. Uh, so I'm just going to list the standings in the East to start off, and then we're going to go through what we want to talk about. Uh, it goes number one seeds, the Sixers, then the Nets, the Bucks, the Hornets, the Heat, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Bulls. Starting at the top, um, Sixers get Joel back, and like you said, even without Joel, they stuck in that one seed, which is very impressive. Yeah. You got to also say that the Nets are missing KD. Right. So it's both their number one guys. But also the Nets are playing ridiculous without KD. Yeah. And it's scary because like KD's never going to hurt a team. Like his play style right. would never do that. So they're just going to get better when he comes back. Same and with the 76ers, obviously. But right. The it's Nets crazy are scary. To, yeah. It's crazy. So they're going to get better. They've been just running through the league without yeah. KD. And even like with, Kyrie's they, been hurt. Yeah. When they just have James Harden, James Harden's been putting up. When it's just one of the three. It, uh, James Harden didn't play and Kyrie carried that game. It's crazy. That team is dangerous. Um, yeah. They just picked up Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. Who knows? They might get more. I think they have an open roster spot. Um, Right now, I think they're far and away the favorites to come out of the East. Yeah, and I mean, I think people are kind of lying to themselves if they think that the Lakers are just going to destroy the Nets at this right. point. It's like, I don't know. They, they on paper, are probably the only team I can think of who's, like, skill-wise actually on par with those Warriors yeah, in, like, 2017-18. And that's just crazy because – yeah. They were unstoppable at that point without injuries. So the Nets have been kind of injured, so maybe that will be their downfall, but they've looked really good. And we were kind of not haters of the Nets at the beginning of the season when they got Harden. It was more kind of like we were very kind of skeptical, I think. I think it was less of this team is going to be bad and more yeah. of I don't really know how this is going to pan out. And obviously – James Harden has taken on a role that nobody really expected him to take on. I mean, we've always seen him as just the scoring threat, the number one guy. But, dude, he is coming out and just getting 15 assists a game. Yeah. People 
we're saying like D'Antoni offense and all that stuff. I think D'Antoni is on the Nets coaching. But yeah, he is. I mean, it's the Stephen Ash offense yeah. at this point. I mean, maybe that also is D'Antoni offense, but everybody's getting their stats, their numbers. James Harden is putting up numbers and getting wins. So there's no knock on him right now. And like, I wouldn't say I was a fan of James Harden on the Rockets at all, but I got to like, you got to respect him right guy. now. Like he's playing so well. And yes, he did force his way out. I don't love how he did it, but it happened. Um, and that probably is the only thing that's hurting his MVP case. Statistically, him and Jokic are insane this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Nets, all the pieces are fitting together so well, and they've had so many injuries. They're still the second in the East, and like mm-hmm. I think they're what a half game behind the Sixers I think they're, or something. They're, they're tied. They have the same record. Oh, okay, yeah. And they have not been healthy at all. Right. Even more unhealthy than the Sixers. So it's it's a scary team for sure. Yeah. Um, then the Bucks. I mean, they're always going to be good. I feel like with Giannis on that team, but I don't think they have enough. I think honestly, right now, if Embiid comes back to the same form, I think the Sixers beat the Bucks in the playoffs. And I think it's, I think it's Sixers Nets. That's yeah, what I'm think, looking at right now. I think the Bucks and the Clippers are kind of in the same situation where it's like they got a lot of talent on their team, but they just haven't earned the respect from the fans yet. Like because they haven't every, put it together. Every, yeah, yeah. I, the Bucks have been in it more years. Like the Clippers just started being like, oh, it's Kawhi and Paul George, but it's just you get disappointed every year. For at least the Bucks, like, oh, they they have the chance. They might actually be the favorites, and then they get upset, and it's like, that wasn't actually that surprising, to be honest. Right. So maybe that drives Giannis. I mean, who knows? He's yeah, a huge part of their team. He's not getting season, talked about a ton, but yeah, last season, what I saw, there was like it was like half and half. People had the Heat beating the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah. So and what they were like the fifth seed. <laughs> they were the five seed and the Bucks were the one seed yeah. and they were the best team in the league in the regular season. So it's yeah. like they've got to win to start getting people's respect. Yeah. The four seed is the Hornets, which is I, I don't see them staying up there, for, especially with LaMelo Ball out. He was kind of the leader of that team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the way Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward are playing, they could be a playoff team. I just don't know with the way with the teams that are below them, I feel like there's more talent and more potential. Yeah. I mean, shout out the Hornets, honestly. I I like the Hornets. They're really fun with LaMelo Hurt. It's definitely a big blow to them, especially I think a lot less people are watching it for sure. But also just real quick, the fourth seed is 24 and 23. That's basically 500. And then the eighth seed is 23 and 25. The seventh seed is 500. They're all so close here. It's like for three days, the fourth seed could turn into the eighth seed if it goes the perfectly wrong way. So they're up there, but I could, these could all switch around. There's a five and a half game gap between the Bucks and the Hornets. So, yeah. And then, you know, the Heat follow up, they just picked up Oladipo. That team is going to be good and they're going to give a team a run for their money in the playoffs, I feel like. Um, The Knicks. Have been solid. I mean, I don't think they're they're a playoff ready team necessarily. They're pretty young, and Julius Randle is kind of just coming into his own as kind of a star player. So they're they're playing well enough to be in the playoff spot, obviously. But I don't think they they make a run. Yeah, I think they have one of the hardest schedules coming up too. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm excited for Knicks fans that they finally have a team that at least is fringe playoffs at the very least. They're what they're the sixth seed right now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they could definitely still make the playoffs, but even if they fall out, they got to be happy with how their team did. Um, and yeah, the future is bright. The Atlanta Hawks are, have been on fire since the coaching change. I mean, it just shows coaches bring a new culture to a team and just something can click. And I mean, we always, the Hawks team always had the talent. I mean, they went and made a lot of moves in the off scene. They just picked up Lou Will. Uh, trade away Rondo, who's scoring. Uh, Lou Will's a scoring option as much as he may not even want to be there. Um, he's playing. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, there's talent there. So that's yeah, something. Clint Capella leading the league in rebounds right now. I don't think I've ever heard his name anywhere this year, but I hope he gets some recognition. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of firepower on their team, and they've had some injuries. DeAndre Hunter, I think, just came back and then got hurt again, but he's coming back soon. And they're still winning. So I, I think this is a really fun team. Um, I don't think they're ready to make a run in the playoffs, just like the Knicks. But, I mean, this is the step that we wanted them to take this year. So they're right. doing that finally. And I would say probably the biggest surprise in the NBA, um, the Boston Celtics. They came in this season. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're going to take a step forward. Kemba Walker is going to bring a spark. They've got all these pieces. Um, but it's just nothing has lined up for them. Uh, and Tatum and Brown were all stars. Like I don't Kemba has been shaky all year, but that team just hasn't won. Uh, and they should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah. And now they're fringe playoffs. And uh Jason Tatum, I mean, he's all-star level. He hasn't really taken a big leap this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he's not like been that disappointing Jalen Brown. I mean, nobody expected him to be this good right now. Right. So it's just, it's weird that they're not winning because they got the talent and last year, I mean, they lost Gordon Hayward. That's about it though. Um, so I don't know what's happening with them. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just weird. It's, it's, I think they're the most disappointing team this year so far. Yeah. They went out and got Evan Fournier, who has been very good, was very good for the Magic this year, like career numbers, but hasn't been – I mean, two games for the Celtics, and it takes a while to kind of recalibrate yourself on a new team. But he hasn't looked good. They have to figure something out. I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they've got to. Yeah. And then – with the NBA this year, there's a play-in. Uh, we kind of saw it last year, but we had a more have a more solidified version this year. Basically, the seven, eight, nine, tens, or yeah, they they all play, and then the winners of it's it's seven versus ten, and they play. The winner plays for the seven seed. Eight, nine play. The winner plays for the seven seed, and the losers play for the eight seed. So. Pacers and Bulls are in those positions right now. Both those teams have talent. Uh, I don't think either team can make a run in the playoffs. That's just what I've seen. The Bulls just picked up Vucevic, so that's interesting. Levine and Vucevic, obviously they still have to work out how how they play together, their play styles. They're two interesting teams that I feel like could could upset a team, at least in the play-in. Yeah, the Pacers – I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they're not a little bit higher than this. 
I would expect them to be at least over 500 with the talent they got. And I mean, they, they're not like old players at all. They're all sort of young. So, I mean, you'd expect them to take the leap. Um, so I, I don't expect them to go down, but I didn't also expect them to be the nine seed. And then the Bulls, after picking up Vucevic, I think they lost two straight before that. And then they've lost the three games that he's played. So they gave up, I mean, the, they lot. gave up some picks. They didn't give up a ton of players, but I mean, you're still throwing in a lot of guys to get this guy. So if you don't mm-hmm. even make the playoffs, that's not going to be great. And the play-in by itself, if you lose one game, you're just out. So it's yeah. important that they try to make a run right now if they can, because uh, there's not a ton of season left. So you got to you gotta string some good games together. And those two guys are – Levine and Vucevic are so good. So you'd mm-hmm. expect them to do pretty well, but – yeah. Who knows? We'll see. That's what we got for the East. Um, I'd say we both agree that right now uh, we have the Nets winning the East. Um, yeah. Would you agree? I, I think I had the Bucks before the season, but that was before James Harden happened. So <laughs> I guess I'll be wrong on that one. Um, in the West, uh, just again, running down the standings. Number one, we have the Jazz, then the Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Blazers, Mavericks, Spurs, uh, that that's the top eight, and the Warriors or Grizzlies are in play for the play-in tournament. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me just show you the difference between the East and the West. Uh, I think we said what the four seed is two games above five hundred. Uh, in the West, the eight seed is three games above five hundred. Um, that's crazy. Whereas the four seed is twelve games above five hundred. So <clears throat> the West is just so good. It's. I don't even – I guess that's just how it goes. You can't really do the, anything about it. The 13th seed, OKC, would be in the playoff turn, – in the play-in tournament in the, the East yeah. right now. And it's they're sad. 20 and 27. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, the West – dude, the Utah Jazz, everyone's saying, oh, they're going to they're gonna slow down. We're just waiting on them to slow down. And they're not. They've won seven straight. They're 36 and yeah. 11. They had that stretch of – I think 10 games where they went five and five and they're like, ah, see the jazz were just faking being good. (laughs) And then now that they went seven in a row, it's like, Oh, nobody's going to talk about it anymore because they got nothing to say. I think people need to start considering them as a legitimate threat. Yeah. But the thing is like, would you have them as like winning the West? Cause I not winning the West, but I honestly think they could make it to the Western conference finals. Yeah. I I don't think people are giving them credit for that. Yeah, I agree. And you gotta, you gotta have a very good team if you're number one in the West, no matter what. And right. especially, they've got a pretty big lead. I think it's like three or four games. So they're three games above the Suns. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not just a fluke to win all these games. Like they got a lot of talent on their team. I do think that, I, I hate to agree with Shaq, but I don't think Donovan Mitchell right now is a superstar. So I do really? think that might. I don't. I think, how many, okay, okay. Let me ask you this: then. How many superstars do you think are in the NBA? Like, like, um, I don't know. I don't have like a list of them, but I'd right. say maybe like eight or ten. Okay, okay, okay. So, I'm so he's, a, he's like, a star, not a superstar. Yeah, I'm talking about like you could be the number one player on a championship team right now, and I don't know okay. if he's ready for that. I think people still have an argument for if Gobert is better than Mitchell, which. Really? Yeah, I think he's so he's so good at defense. Like, I don't know who's more impactful. And I think Donovan Mitchell, 
is playing a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season this year. But I mean, if you look at the stats, like he's putting up solid numbers, but his efficiency is pretty much league average. Like, I don't know if you would take him over a guy like Booker or not, because I think it's an argument. So that's definitely an argument. Booker. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's still young, so he's going to get better. I think he's got the potential to be a superstar. So, so where's Donovan Mitchell? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm get, putting you on the spot here, but like, <laughs> is he top 15, top 20? Um, I'd say he'd be around 20, probably. Okay. Okay. I mean, but I think yeah. Gobert is close to that too. So that's what's, yeah, what's getting him there. I, I I'd put Mitchell over Gobert. I, I'd say. Donovan. I would too, but I, I think it's close. I think he's between 15 and 20 ish for me, I'd say somewhere around there. But dude, that it, it that, that's a thing. Like this team is so built where they don't really have to rely on Donovan Mitchell. It's Gobert is obviously holding down the defense. Jordan Clarkson is having an amazing season off the bench. Joe Ingles is having statistically the greatest shooting season of all time. That's so awesome. Um and Mike Conley has been good. He was an all-star again, kind of like a default all-star, but still like he was considered. Um, that team is very well built. Quinn Snyder is, has done such a good job with that team, making that offense. So three point heavy. And they're one of the only teams that can do that because they hit their threes. Yeah. So they're like the definition of like a three and D team. <laughs> yeah. I think like, Steve, Steve Kerr called them like, or he said, like, this team reminds me of, like, the young Golden State Warriors, like, before winning championships. But, like, they have that system in place that, like, yeah. if they get the right guys, I mean, honestly, yeah, scary. We, I mean, we, we've, we've learned in the past couple of years that in the NBA, you need two studs, maybe three, like, superstars to, to win the championship. And honestly, if... The way the Jazz are built right now, I think if they get one more star, which I know that's a lot to ask, they're they're up there in terms of with the Nets yeah. and the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, dude, shout out to Jazz. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Suns are the two seed. Everyone came in. I, w- I raved about the Suns. I feel like everybody raved about the Suns. Bringing in Chris Paul, that team is, uh, you know, Booker, Aiton. Um, they've just got pieces around that just they just they just win games honestly and Chris Paul you have to give so much credit to Chris Paul he he came yeah. in he comes into every team he comes into he, they win he, he carried that Thunder team last year and you, you're not going to see it in the stats at all but mm-hmm. he's just him and LeBron I feel like are on another level when it comes to like leading a team yeah and also Devin Booker I think people have sort of felt like he's having a down year this year, but I think he's really just making sacrifices shooting a couple less times. He's shooting very efficiently and he's not scoring as much still like 25 a game, but they got a lot of weapons. So he's, he's passing it. Chris Paul is playmaking and he's doing that so that they win. And they're the second seed in the West. I think they're second best record. So in the league. So, I mean, I mean, they're, they're very good. I think Devin Booker is like Donovan Mitchell, where he's got that chance to be like a superstar in this league. And Chris Paul is old, obviously, but I don't know. I, I really like the Suns as a team, as a franchise, and they haven't been successful recently. So I'm super happy for them that they're finally got their guys and they got their team. 
and they're so young too. So yeah. I'm excited to see them for the next few years. And I didn't expect them to be the two seed right now, but they're playing like it. So yeah, I like it. I think people forget that Devin Booker is 24 years old and DeAndre Ayton is 22. <laughs> like, yeah, that those two, if they stick together, I, in no way, in zero way, am I comparing this at all? Uh-oh. But they give off Kobe Shaq vibes just because, <laughs> just because it's like a stud shooting guard and a just a a, a big guy down low. And I know he's not. DeAndre Gaten's not Shaq, but it's just, I don't know. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. They're not in no way the same in no way. I don't even, they're not going to live up to that at all because that's like an impossible thing to live up to, but it's like junior Kobe and Shaq. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why Kobe and Shaq work so well. And it's because of the positions they played and how good they were. Mm -hmm. And the fit there, like you're saying is perfect for them. So I, I agree. Don't compare mm-hmm. them at all to Kobe and no, Shaq. No, no, no. But, but they they got that that positioning. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that young core. Um, and then three, four are the two LA teams, Clippers and Lakers. Lakers are really skidding right now, which I mean is, it's pretty. Everyone kind of saw it coming. Yeah. And in the NBA, you need, like I said, at least a superstar to 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 win games consistently. Um, and they're they're without uh, LeBron and AD. Uh, Schroeder was out with injury earlier. He's back though. Um, Andre Drummond just came in and then got injured, but he'll be back. That's the bottom line with this team right now is they just need to get healthy. And we've heard LeBron say in the past that seeding doesn't really matter to him. He's going to ball out in the playoffs. Yeah. I've seen the Cavs for being like the fourth and fifth seed with LeBron and then you're always like, dang, this is the year that he's probably going to get knocked off. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he, you just can't bet against him. He just always finds a way to do it. And, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, there's a 100% chance they make it to the finals or anything, but I just – I would never bet against LeBron to do that. And right. if they get healthy, if the whole team is healthy, I still think they're the best team in the West. Yeah. Uh, when LeBron is on the team, seeds go out the window. And Yeah. Especially, I mean, this team is so talented. I feel like people forget how deep this team is because you see LeBron and AD and you're like, okay, they're going to be good. But then you add Schroeder, KCP, Wesley Matthews, Montrez Harrell, now Andre Drummond, Kyle Kuzma. Those are all, you know, guys who on lower level teams are starters. I mean, yeah. I named some starters on the Lakers, but like the the, the guys in the back, um, I mean, Montrose Harrell is going to be in the uh, six-man-of-the-year voting this year. I feel like he's averaging 15 to 20 points a game. I don't know exactly what it is. Having a great season, but that's the bottom line with the Lakers right now is get healthy. Yeah, and, and with, stay healthy. Right, exactly. And the Clippers, I mean, they're, they're going to consistently be good. They're, they've got a lot of talent. I think going out and getting Rondo was big for them. I think that's huge. Because Pat Bev as their point guard – uh, he'll probably still start. I'm guessing we'll see. I don't really know, but he's not a facilitator that I feel like that team needed. And Rondo is the definition of a facilitator. Yeah. The, the people who watched last year's finals or all of the playoffs, all the Lakers games, you could see how impactful Rondo was. Yeah. And I can't really think of a more perfect, I guess if you call him a role player 
than signing Rondo to the Clippers. Like this is exactly what they needed. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, how I'm comparing it then to the Bucks, like they got the talent, but they got to show us before they get the respect. I think that they know that. And I think yeah. they like that nobody's talking about them, that they're, I mean, last year it was like Lakers Clippers rivalry. And now it's like, oh, Clippers, you're a joke. And they know that. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's kind of writing in Lakers nets already as the, yeah. the championship. And there's no way that they don't want to prove them wrong and do everything they can to do that. So I, I still have the Lakers as a favorite, but I think Clippers might be my second favorite still. Yeah. Uh, I would probably, I think Jazz Clippers is very close. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, they're always they, the Clippers in the past. I mean, since they've got Kawhi, they've been good, but they just haven't gotten over the hump, like you said. And if you're going to make a move to get you over the hump, getting Rondo is a phenomenal one. Yeah. So, I mean, don't sleep on the Clippers. And I feel like it's weird to say that, but people are sleeping on the Clippers. So, as much as I hate to say it as a Lakers fan, they're they're going to be you know a team to be to be reckoned with. Um, but yeah, the five seed is the Nuggets, who um, have been again twenty nine eighteen as a five seed. It's good. Uh, you'd be the three seed or the four three. I think I don't even know in the East something. You'd be, you'd be up there, but. Jokic, uh, we talked about him. He's playing MVP basketball. Jamal Murray has been solid. Michael Porter Jr. has been played really well in the past few weeks. Um, and he's always been that guy like, oh, if he gets his, to his potential, like he, he's the real deal. Um, he's been good. They went out and got Aaron Gordon, uh, which is you know, another good, really solid player. Why don't they play Bull Bull? I'm so confused on this. Every time he comes in, I feel like he plays well. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's definitely a very raw player right now. Yeah. Like, but I he, mean, in in like garbage time, why not? And also, yeah. like do that. Give him I don't know ten minutes a game if it's if it's not a close game, and then trade him. Like get a <laughs> get a piece for now. Like yeah. Michael Porter Jr. fits well because he's so good along with Jamal Murray and Nikola Nikola Jokic, but. I don't know. Bull Bull's got such potential. And I think people think he's like, Oh, he can do this. I don't think he's going to be like a perennial all-star or anything, yeah. but why would a, a young team's going to take the chance on him at some point and give up something in return that can help you now. So maybe they're waiting a couple years to do that, but I don't know. I, I do really like this team though. And they started off really, really slow and they've definitely picked it up since the Lakers uh, Lakers, Denver, and Portland have all they're kind of like the same records right now so mm-hmm. those can all flip-flop and I think the Lakers, they might end up the sixth seed even um, I like like we said, LeBron's not worried about that. Dude, but imagine sixth seed then they play the Clippers first round, first round. I hope we get that series I really hope we, we do. We need that series Yeah <clears throat> but, but with, with, with the Nuggets I feel like it's a great team like you said, you like them Um but I think if they have a, a big man that can stop Jokic, that team gets shut down. And yeah, I, th- I think but, we saw that in the playoffs last year with AD. Yeah, to an extent. But I don't know. Jokic, I don't know who shut him down this year so far. Like his player efficiency rating, I think that's the highest in the league right now. Statistically, he's the MVP. Like, yeah. Like by far. And mm-hmm. 
it's crazy how good he's been. And the team's got a lot of weapons. I think they're a lot better than they are last year. They're in the same boat as a lot of other teams where they have to prove that they can do something. I mean, they got to the Western Conference Finals and they beat the Clippers down 3-1. So that is definitely something. But then the Lakers kind of took them out sort of easily. So, Mm -hmm. And also part of that was bubble Jamal Murray. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, if you look at that series, like AD hit a game winner – it could have easily gone to maybe six games, maybe even seven if something went wrong. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think like like we were saying, I mean, they have to prove something before they're considered like, oh, we, we think they have a yeah. very high chance of doing more than they did. And I think the X factor is Michael Porter Jr. Because we, they, we know they have Jokic. We know they have Jamal Murray who can piece you up for 40. Um, and then Jokic will go get a 30-point triple-double but you're going to need role players. And Michael Porter Jr. has really filled that role well. It's just going to be if he can stay healthy, number one. That's always been his thing. And then just stay consistent with those numbers. Yeah. And also defensively, like, I don't know who's stopping AD on that team. Right. Exactly. Or or like, I mean, I know know it wouldn't happen in the playoffs unless they went to the finals. But like Joel Embiid is going to do his thing against a team like this. So. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they, they got their problems, but offensively, they're so talented. Mm-hmm. And then you said right next to them, close in terms of record, just the Blazers. Damian Lillard has played great basketball this year. Another guy who's in the top five for MVP right now. Um, they just got CJ McCollum back. They went out and got Norman Powell. Um, Yusuf Nurkic is healthy. They're getting all their pieces back. So, I mean – the Blazers are starting to turn some heads a little bit. Uh, not to the point, in my opinion, where they would compete with some of these top teams. But, I mean, they're, they're a team that can light you up from three, which is always dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, I I really like the Blazers. I'm a huge fan of Damian Lillard and CJ. I really like this team, but every year it's the same thing as, like, if we're healthy, we'll win. But I don't think that's true. Like, I think mm-hmm. the way that this team is built, the Lakers would beat them. I think the Jazz would beat them. I think all the top teams would beat them, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, last year, it's like, oh, Dame is the bubble MVP. He's playing so well. He's doing this. And then, like, even if he puts up 40 a night, I mean, he'll take him to, like, five or six games. But right. it, they never seem to get it done. I would love to see them win a championship at some point. But Damian they got to change something. One. He definitely does. And I, I think CJ Melo, that would be, that would be an awesome team to win the championship with all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think CJ is an amazing player. He's really good friends with Dame, but I don't know. I, I think if they want to get a piece that could bring them, I don't know, a championship or at least a chance for it. I don't know if that's the best backcourt that they, they can have or if they right. trade him away and get a better big piece. I don't and know. That's, that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong, they're great, and I think Nurkic is solid, but a good backcourt isn't enough to, to, to win in the playoffs. You're going to need all around, you know, rather than just two guards that can yeah. shoot, if that makes sense. They need they need one other big piece. Right. But they've Which, been I mean, that, I feel like that we, way the last, like, four years. Right. I feel like we say about almost every team, too. Like it, Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's true. That's the state of the NBA right now. It, it, you've got – a few teams that have all the pieces they need 
and then so many teams that are one piece away. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the seven, eight seeds are close. Uh, they're, they're half a game um, away from each other. And that's the Mavericks and the Spurs. Um, the Mavericks, they've been a, a weird team all year because, you know, Luca and Kristaps, you'd think that duo, I mean, they played well against the Clippers, and I feel like they, they had a very, very good shot at winning that series if Kristaps didn't get hurt. Yeah. Like, they were on their way to winning that series, I feel like, before Kristaps got hurt. So they're a dangerous team. Um, they made some moves, though, that, like, they lost Seth Curry. Um, I feel like that was kind of a big one. Um, they don't really have – the bottom line is they don't really have much uh, aside from Luka and Kristaps. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a couple years away from actual contention at this point. Mm-hmm. I like Kristaps, but the guy's got to stay healthy for sure. I'm excited to see if they're both healthy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, the seventh seed is perfect for them. Like, they're a solid team. They're up and coming, but they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And then the Spurs, they're no, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to beat anybody in the playoffs. Like they, yeah. they've got solid players, and they're an underrated team for sure. But I, I just don't see them beating anybody in the playoffs. Yeah, I. It's crazy that they're the eighth seed and get no nothing talked about them ever. Um, but that's the Spurs. Uh, right. Like DeMar DeRozan, I think he deserved to be an all-star 100% this year. I like Mike Conley. He deserved to be an all-star sometime in his career. Uh, I get why they did it, but, I mean, DeMar DeRozan definitely deserved it over him this year, just looking at this year. Uh, They got a lot of young pieces um, to go along with guys like DeMar DeRozan. He's their best player for sure, but I don't know. I feel like they are probably going to at least trade him soon-ish. But – yeah, a couple years away, I think the eighth seed is first round exit. But yeah, hey, I mean, they they've played well to get to this position. Mm-hmm. And then those two teams, the Maverick or the the Mavericks and the Spurs, would play in the playing tournament against two teams that I think could beat them, and that's the Warriors and the Grizzlies. I think the Warriors for sure because you you can never really predict what Steph is going to do because he can go out and just piece you up. And if that hit Draymond has, I think Draymond is having a great season, by the way, like impact. Yeah. Impact. impact. That's what I mean. He's not, he's not putting up the stats, but yeah. Draymond green is having an overlooked season because of the stats, but he means so much to that team. And I think he's one of the, I think without him, they are down there in the dumps with the thunder and the, and the Pelicans really maybe the rockets. I don't even, to, to compare a team to the Timberwolves and Rockets, it's kind of disrespectful. But <laughs> I mean, like I said, it, it's Steph Curry, so so it's it's you can't really you can bet against him, obviously, with the team that he has. But it, it's Steph Curry. Yeah, I, he's doing his thing. I <laughs> being a Cavs fan and having to go against the Warriors for so long when they were so stacked, especially in like 2018 when it was just LeBron. I've, I've heard it all where it's like, oh, my God, how much help does LeBron need, blah, 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 when he had his 2018 roster where his second-best player was injured Kevin Love. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> the Warriors, they got Steph, and they don't have a lot more. 
You mm-hmm. can't expect Steph to do much more than he's doing now, but also the excuse of like, oh my God, like look at what he's doing. Nobody else has ever done this. So we should give him all the praise. He needs to be in MVP conversations. I think that isn't really what needs to happen, but in the playoffs, I'm excited because I think he does have an actual chance to at least get in, like win the play play in tournament, whatever, how many games you have to win two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think he wants to shut up some of the haters. Right. And if he does that, I mean, that's just very impressive. So I'm excited to watch it. I think that they're going to stick at least within the 10th seed. Um, and they're a fun team to watch just because of Steph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the Grizzlies, I mean, like I'm a big John Morant fan. So I get that he can go out and have a good night. He, he hasn't been good shooting wise this year. But, I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, is a very overlooked big in this league. Dylan Brooks is a solid piece. Jaron Jackson Jr. is never on the court. And I feel like if he is, then this team is a lot better than what their record shows. I feel like he adds a lot to that team. And to, you know, obviously, Ja is kind of the star of that team. He adds to his game, just having more spacing and more guys to kind of work with. But in terms of... I think they could surprise someone in the play-in tournament, but I don't think that they, they win in the playoffs necessarily. Yeah. I know you're a huge John Morant fan. Um, and I hate to say this, but I think he's a couple years away from being what people think he is right now, where he could carry a team or do whatever he needs to do to just win. Um, people like him so much because he's so exciting and the potential he has, but I do think he needs a couple more years to figure it out. Um He's so he, he's got the potential is, is the main point of this, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have a three point shot yet. He's shooting right. on, which I like he's, he's going to try to get there, but I think the Grizzlies team is very young and they're a couple years away. Um, maybe they could upset someone in the play in tournament. If Jaron Jackson jr. Comes back. I think he's by far their second best player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, you can say that too, but um, I mean, even if those guys are the same, level of skill or whatever then that's a huge boost to their team um he's so good at at shooting the three like i i didn't even realize how good he is but that's something they definitely need and it's a huge piece they've been missing so i really hope he comes back i really like the grizzlies young team yeah i really like john moran i think he's a he's been a a little bit overrated just because people don't realize how young he is Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i think i mean i always said this to you but i think it, it it also comes with the fact that he's always compared to Zion. Yeah. Because they came out of the same draft and they were one, two. And yeah. obviously Zion is having a monster season right now. So yeah, the, the potential is absolutely there for that team. Um, and that's their main thing. Yeah. But I, I, I agree uh, in terms of they need more shooting for sure. Because I think what we've seen in the NBA is that if you have a point guard that can't necessarily shoot the ball, you need to surround him with people who can. Um, And that's what Jaron Jackson Jr. brings. Uh, That's what Dylan Brooks brings. Kyle Anderson is solid from three. But Grayson Allen, I guess, but he'll probably trip a couple people on the way. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, that team is definitely a couple years out from legitimately contending, I would say. Yeah. I'd be excited if I was a Grizzlies fan, though. For I sure. Think it's going to be a fun future. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Uh, we do have some breaking news, though. A second piece of breaking news. 
The MLB All-Star Game uh, has been moved. Uh, it is no longer going to be in Atlanta uh, due to the uh, voter suppression, uh, just the bad stuff that happened there during the election. Uh, basically, they tried to get people not to vote. I don't know. It wasn't good. And a lot of people kind of spoke out and said we shouldn't have the game here just like because that'd be too problematic. Um, they don't know where it's going to be quite yet, but it has been moved as well as uh, the MLB draft. So we will see um, where the festivities will be held this year. Yeah. And one more thing. I oh. just saw it. Um, Killian Hayes is back Saturday. The Killian. Pistons lottery pick. He's been hurt for a couple months. Uh, we'll see what he can do. He didn't play well for the first few games, but also he's a rookie point guard, so it's kind of expected. Uh, so good news for them to get him back. Yeah, um, for sure. Three pieces of breaking news. That's pretty good. Um, that was a good episode. Uh, this was episode 35. We talked about MLB opening day. Gave our take on the Francisco Lindor signing um, and then broke down our take or our not predictions, but basically just discussed the discussed the NBA uh, playoff race as of right now. Um, so yeah, as always, follow us on all of our social medias. Um, if you have listened this far, which we haven't gotten a comment yet, so so many people are listening <laughs> this far, dude. Uh, hey, I commented on the last one. <laughs> good job, good job. Um, uh, si- uh, what should they comment on our Instagram? Um, oh man let me think let me think donovan mitchell is a superstar do it comment it (laughs) um yeah uh that's it uh we're just gonna end this because i have no idea how to end this right now what am i doing i've done this for 34 episodes you think i'd know (laughs) but yeah uh follow us on all of our social medias and um as always thank you for listening um and for my co-host logan ring My name is Diego Sandoval, signing off. Signing off.